0: Hey listeners, before this episode starts, I wanted to check in and ask, have you shared this podcast with a friend yet? It would be super helpful for us, and we would be very thankful. I mean, I know Bill specifically would be thankful. Just tweet at him. He'll say thanks right back. See, it can be as easy as doing that. Tweeting a link to the show and tagging our account, Bill and Rob's. And for more information on joining and supporting our community, check out the show notes. We're a Bridgeburner Collective podcast, and this podcast has a Discord, has a Gumroad account, has so many ways that you can talk with other listeners or support the show. Okay, now let's get into the podcast. Oh, hey, one more thing. If you're in the LA area, you can see Robs speak at The Last Bug Con on August 20th and 21st of this year, 2022. It's at the Burbank Airport Marriott. You don't want to miss it. Support the podcast however you can.
1: Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. I'm Bill Tilly
0: And I'm Rob Schulte. Coming at you live from my home office, me and Bill are talking to our audience. Bill, it's a big day. We have got a big film to cover. We've made it through all of the Predator bubble movies, and you know what that means. That means it's time for the main event.
1: It's time for you and I to line a bed of mud grease ourselves up from head to toe, and stalk down the movie that started this idea in the first place. You and I are going to take on the original Predator.
0: Wow. And you kind of seem like the Predator. Anyone watching the video of this episode, you're cloaked behind me in the shadows because I'm trying to get a good composition in the small webcam.
1: (laughs) Yes, for the viewers at home, Rob and I are in the same place. It's classified. We can't really tell you where it is. What he doesn't know is I've been Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He I don't know why. I sit up in his closet and make that <laughs> noise, and he just walks on by. I don't understand it.
0: I've been wondering what that uh, very seductive soundtrack is that well, I've been hearing of just... You have
1: a lot of fireworks and stuff going off around here, too, Rob. So I guess it is kind of a predator environment. You've just gone numb to it.
0: It is. So, you know, we we covered all of those other films. Let's, let's go over. We did Robo War, yes. which at the time of this recording just released... Yesterday, everyone's loving it. We all know this. Um, Then we did The Relic, which we will never speak of again. No. Uh, Sorry for putting Tom Sizemore on our audience. Uh, Then The Eliminators... Or is it just Eliminator?
1: Eliminators. Yeah, there's no the. No, there's no definitive article in that movie.
0: It's like except, talking heads.
1: Yeah, there is a definitive article. It's Denise Crosby.
0: You know, well, hey, uh, save save it for your other podcast, Bill. I don't have one. Oh, okay. Well, that's good because people seem to be liking this one. Good. But then after that, we watched Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Lived I Repeat, which may be the only thing except for this podcast that has a colon in the name that's decent
1: could be and until we get to live die repeat edge of tomorrow and then we'll have a movie that has a colon in it
0: yes edge of the podcast wait have
1: we done this i can't remember
0: well find me when you wake up i always do now i live here remember (laughs) how you like that air mattress pretty good i bet it's it's great i think it's the
1: first time you can actually call it a real air b&b
0: there you go and uh we'll talk about payment later For now, let's get into today's episode titled Predator. (laughs) Big thing here, Bill, is that um, this ain't our first Rodeo. We've done the talk show Sold in the Room before. That was like a a COVID special.
1: Yeah, it was something we did for fun and... We got to do some other topics and just work together because, you know, we like that. You and yeah. I have a, we have a fun take on things, sometimes in a little different angle, and that's what we're going to bring to this particular franchise.
0: Now, I do think a little bit of introduction is necessary. Uh, this is always going to be someone's first episode, right? Right. So I am a podcast producer and host of just independent things I like to throw at the wall and see what sticks. Um Bill, you are a social media manager for a podcast that we will talk about in a moment. Yes, and as well as a creative producer, come to Bill with uh, you need you need your idea fleshed out. Bill's the guy to do it. We each have our specialties now. Bill, we met at said podcast, The Greatest Generation and The Greatest Discovery, and you're known there as the Card Daddy. Could you tell me what that means? <laughs> Well, uh, I came to that podcast
1: several years ago, and the uh, co-hosts of that show, Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison, were uh, relating an Adam story about buying Star Trek trading cards back in the day when they sold them at gas stations and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And they're a bit about being a little embarrassed for things like that. So I also work in print media, so I like the show, and as a joke, just out of the blue, I made a couple of joke trading cards in the old style format got a twitter account for that specific reason to send it to them did and people liked it and they liked it and it was fun for me so i just kept doing it and now four and a half years later and thousands of them down the road i'm still doing it so they decided i needed a mafia like moniker to go along with it and one day card daddy popped up and it stuck and that's how we ran with it ever since so that's my nom de plume when it comes to greatest gen
0: Uh, i love it so okay bill we got to talk about today's film in question predator from 1987 and i guess this is uh before we go deep into the jungle of predator is there anything that you would like to preface let the audience know any a bill tilly specialty anything like that I think the one
1: thing I'd like everybody to know is if you crack open the manila folder with both our names on it, uh, Rob and I have a little bit of an age gap, which is part of the premise of this deal. I'm a child of the late 70s, 80s. Rob's a little bit behind me. He's in the 90s. So the fun part of this is there's a lot of these movies which I will remember watching as a kid. Rob will see from watching as a more of an adult or at least an older teenager (laughs) or somewhere in that range. So... It's going to be fun to uh, for me to remember my take on things for the ones that I've seen back then yeah. and what they were like to watch back then versus watching them now because media has changed and tastes have changed. But uh, I think a good movie is just a good movie. So we'll see how we come together on our opinions for things like that. So keep that in mind as we do our bets down the road.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested, especially in the thing that you said where like, You got to anticipate something where I got to find something. That'll be interesting, especially when it comes to Class of 99, which I'm sure we'll have to watch at some point.
1: Oh, I have no problem with that. I'm I'm willing to uh, transfer my credits to the Class of 99 for a special episode. (laughs) No doubt about it.
0: Well, until we watch that famous film with Pam Greer, let's get into our first segment of today's episode. It's called mission briefing now bill you you came to me you said okay rob the writing's on the wall i need to help co-host this podcast it definitely wasn't me asking you um
1: no no, that information's been redacted no one can prove any differently
0: and uh and you said but if i'm gonna do it It's very important to me that you take some constructive criticism because if we're an elite squad heading into the jungle, we got to have each other's back. And I said, I already trust you, Bill. What's up? And he's like, the hardest part about listening to a movie review episode is when they just don't encapsulate it at the beginning. So we got to remind the people what this is in the mission briefing right at the top of this. I've got it. Here in the dossier, do you mind if I read it to the folks? I need you to crack open that folder and give us that information, Robs. Okay. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger stars in this action-packed adventure story of fighting men pitted against an unseen enemy. A force more powerful than their fiercest weapons. Recruited by the CIA to rescue hostages, held by guerrilla fighters in Valverde, a fictional Central American country. Schwarzenegger, a.k.a. Dutch, and his men encounter an enemy unimaginably more deadly than any on Earth. Because the Predator is not of this Earth, packed with spectacular special effects and combat scenes of gut-wrenching power. Predator is the most terrifying Schwarzenegger movie yet. Wow. Powerful. Whoa. Now, John McTiernan directed this. He might be known for things like Die Hard or Last Action Hero. Uh, But, Bill, who's John McTiernan to you? Well,
1: John McTiernan, first and foremost, will always be uh, responsible for the Hunt for Red October. He's in that pantheon of Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, Ridley Scott. Back in the day when movies were a thing, you weren't around all the time. You didn't have them names and things constantly in your face. You saw trailers, you saw movie posters, and then you saw the movie. So when you sat and the credits rolled by, some directors popped out, Spielberg's Lucas. John McTiernan was in that group. He was in that action movie group of guys that if you went and saw one of his movies you were more than likely pretty sure you were going to get your money's worth uh he had a few problems at the end with he could have made a movie called wiretap which wait what trouble did he get in well while filming the movie rollerball john remake right It was a remake of the 70s movie, and apparently John had some problems with some producers, and he took a page out of the action movie handbook, and he hired a private detective to wiretap their phones, which was discovered, and he was charged with and sentenced to a year in prison over.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's so... Yeah, I think you hit it uh, the nail on the head when you say, like, like his movies or like in action movies. Because I heard John Gay talk about how he's like, sometimes I'll see someone pull up on a motorcycle with like a black leather jacket and a black helmet. And my first thought is, oh, man, they're about to pull an Uzi on me. And then I think, wait, I'm just watching too many action movies. Like, yeah
1: exactly so that was we all think those same things you know if you get in an elevator in a glass elevator in a building with three guys in suits yeah. my brain kicks into like oh man this elevator is gonna get the cable cut they're you know here to rob the safe that's in the bottom of the building anything can happen
0: so just to keep going through this mission briefing uh the cast main cast i'd say uh schwarzenegger is dutch carl weathers is dylan or is it dillian it's dylan yeah i know uh yeah Dillion, Dillion. Um, Kevin Peter Hall is the predator, of course, famous like only rivaled by I would say a Doug Jones, which we could talk about in a moment. Uh, Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke, Sonny Landham—you know some famous politicians in there uh, like Bill Duke, Richard Chavez, Shane Black. Man, what an insane movie! It is a cast,
1: uh, especially if you don't know Shane Black in there, writer of Lethal Weapon. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Worked on Iron Man. And uh, if you watch his behind the scenes, you'll see that uh, basically the reason he's in this movie is they wanted him to write on the movie. So they gave him a, and he didn't really want to. So they gave him a part in it. And when he was trapped in the jungle, they're like, well, while you're here, we're going to need you to write some stuff. And it's like, well, where can you go? You're you're stuck in the jungle. Oh, There's... my God.
0: Oh, and El Pitya
1: Carrillo. Uh, she was cool. As Anna. And you know, it's amazing watching this movie
0: again. Is This is a really
1: diverse cast. For the time,
0: especially. Uh, yeah, some really angry people and some really level-headed people, it seems. Yep, and uh, it's it's got a little wide breadth of nationality. I'm
1: not really sure how we get, an, I guess, an Austrian-American major of this unit in Schwarzenegger. Not sure how that worked out, but it does. We don't need to have
0: it explained to us. And I know we've already watched this movie at this time, but uh, if you could just refresh me, Bill... Um, but remind me is the lore that Commando is a prequel to this or that this is a prequel to Commando because it feels like this would be the prequel to Commando.
1: It's not so much that they're prequels, it's that they are a part of the Valverde connection.
0: Sure, but I don't know if Bill Duke is Bill Duke and Schwarzenegger is Schwarzenegger regardless of their character names in uh, in these movies why would he want revenge? Hmm. Well, but he dies in this one. So it couldn't be the sequel. Well, he dies in Commando. He does well. die in Commando as well. So God damn it, Bill, I am so confused. Well, Predator is actually obviously. I,
1: well, Predator is actually a, kind of a spiritual successor because the they worked well together. So Schwarzenegger and Duke were a good combo and that's part of why McTiernan wanted them back uh, together on this movie. So it's part of that thing that you have to remember back in the day on these movies, you'd see a lot of these actors circling around the world was a lot smaller. So there's lots of movies where you'll see the same actor two or three times, they die every time, but they've circled around so much that they just become part of the background that you're used to seeing when they walk on screen, you go, oh, I can see where this is
0: going could it be that valverde is some sort of nexus that you spoke of earlier of this episode but like a nexus of converging dimensions
1: valverde is absolutely in my mind across between the bermuda triangle and the twilight zone and central casting i believe yes. all all will eventually connect <laughs> back to valverde and much like the big bang when it all when hollywood collapses in on itself it will center around valverde
0: yes when Hollywood collapses in on itself. 100% will. Win.
1: Win. Absolutely. It's on the way.
0: Well, speaking of on the way, let's get on the way to our next segment, which you have titled, Bill, Military Intelligence.
1: In this segment, we would like to pick an interesting fact about this production, either from a military standpoint, casting, something about this that looks like it was an intelligent choice. Whether <laughs> it, it turned out to be that way or not is what we'll decide.
0: It's something we could put on the resume, but if you really press me on it, uh, I might start sweating a bit. Exactly. You might not really know seven
1: languages if one of them is Klingon and another one's Esperanto. So,
0: um, Crossing off these notes on honey land don't push me on this one he seems like an insane person but we'll talk about that later now i you know what i started off last one with like reading my dvd case for this bill what do you got for me in military intelligence here's what jumped out to me and it was
1: kind of something that was unavoidable jesse ventura is in this movie jesse ventura is a former navy seal jesse's record is a little bit dubious i think in some things i think he's claimed some things that might be a little bit exaggerated but either way he is a documented navy seal so sure
0: yes he may not have done everything he said he did in the seals true and so when but he has like a seal ate a live fish Oh,
1: absolutely. I have no doubt that when Jesse wakes up in the morning, he just walks out into the lake, jumps on the back of whatever wild creature is in the middle of that lake, and then rides it around, and then eats it once he makes it back to the dock.
0: God. What a life. Anyway.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like how, you know, Putin rides a leopard to, to the Kremlin every day, shirtless. That's <laughs> just the way it goes.
0: He's always stealing my style. Why you not gotta waste my flavor? Damn! Anyway, Bill, I interrupted
1: you. Please. No, you're good. So, uh, Jesse has a military background, and I found out that they brought this entire cast down a week before filming started and brought in a military trainer. Oh, yeah. To run them through their paces in the jungle. So, when you watch this movie, a lot of movies you can watch where they're military based, like I know all actors of varying degrees will put in the training and they'll go to boot camp sure. and they'll run a thing.
0: John Krasinski did that, and then he made a fake Twitter to support uh, him as an actor, saying he went to training.
1: And that's all well and good. But this group went to the jungle. Yes. And lived it for an entire solid week. And this is a group of bodybuilders and hard guys. They're all actors. And Jesse apparently breezed through it a good bit, which is probably true. He'd already seen this training before. But I have the feeling that there's a lot of Jesse on the cutting room floor for predator because when you (laughs) when you look at him in the movie he has a presence he doesn't have a lot of dialogue he has a few moments he has a big gun and all that stuff he and he goes he goes out a little early in the team rotation off of this mortal coil but when you see the behind the scenes he's having he's so animated and he's so out in your face. I think he thought he was the star of this movie. So I have a hard time believing that in every scene, he's just not trying to overpower everybody in it. And they probably had to be just like, my God, we'll just have to kill him second. Yeah. Got to get him out of here.
0: I think they had the leeway to do whatever the hell they wanted because they were in the middle of the jungle with a producer of the film who's very much into the idea of let's just make a fun movie, as well as the director and cast and everyone. And uh, whether it be Jesse Ventura or anyone else, I bet you they're like, fuck it. Get them out of here. They We filmed their scenes. We'll work around it. Oh,
1: absolutely. I, the, I'm i sure the conditions were terrible. They <laughs> all said that J- shooting in the jungle can't be fun. Shooting into different jungles like this movie did can't be a lot of fun. Oy. Um, so tracking all that over. But I just think that uh, I've known Jesse on television for years. I watched him in the WWF. I watched him be governor. It's pretty clear that the Jesse you see on screen is pretty much the Jesse you're going to see at lunch or over the craft services table. And I think that's only so much of that you can probably take, especially in a room full of guys with egos as big as their arms.
0: Oh yeah. And uh, just to expand on what I was saying earlier for my military (laughs) intelligence or faux intelligence for this segment. Uh, the, what I learned was that the studio was scrambling with rewrites. Uh, the, they didn't know how they wanted the movie to like end, essentially, or like, well, if it ends this way, it can't begin this way. And they're like, but we like the idea of this predator and people and a commando squad. Uh, John McTiernan just said he wanted to steal this like Robert Altman technique. Uh, I mean, kind of eye-rolling with this. But he's like, I just want to get good actors, you know hire actors that are dynamic that aren't going to tie themselves to the script. I think he wanted like improv actors. So all we need is a suggestion for anything at all. But he essentially got improv action actors obviously, which is awesome. He said it didn't matter what the script was because if they had a general idea, he would let them just like turn on the camera and run loose. And then a quote I saw in an interview said, he comes from theater, he really likes actors. When he heard the executives talk about this movie, it was like, guns, bombs, boom, yeah, cool, men, muscles. He's like, so all I said was guns, bombs, booms, cool, hey, muscles. And then when they let me choose the actor, I chose the guns, big, muscles, boom actors that also could act. Yeah, he
1: he really... Played it smart. He knew enough to get out of the way of what was already there and just focus on getting the movie made. Yeah. So you've got guys on screen that they don't have to act tough. They are tough. Yep. They're already who you want them to be. You just need to make sure they deliver the lines in the right
0: direction, face camera when it needs to, hit your marks, and turn them loose. But he is not this. And something about Bill Duke is just like, powerful that he like stands with these guys. I mean, I guess he's very tall, you know, but he is,
1: but he, I get what you're saying because Bill Duke is clearly hard to the core.
0: Yes. He he comes
1: off in every direction the right way. He's intelligent. He's hard. He's smart, but he's also, you know, he's, he's seen some things. Yeah. So all that seems to be boiling under him. Even when he's calm, it looks like it's that dangerous calm and he plays it real well and it overcomes anything where it's like, he might not be V torsoed looking like, but also the seeing.
0: dude, what's his name? Who's making all the jokes too. He's not like a bodybuilder, but
1: no, no Hawkins is not. He's the, to me, he's the standout member of the team because I can't really understand who he is yeah. or why he's there.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just it's a bit him of already. Ball.
1: Well, I think because they really wanted Shane black to write, they gave him this role, but I don't yeah. I think that's why he doesn't stand out as much because it's not really the best role.
0: Yeah, it's like he, just another body and another person to talk to and another thing to kill.
1: Yeah. He's he doesn't really have a specialty and yeah. he's not really a standout attitude or presence. So he's just kind of there to be the first guy to go, Hey, something's out here and have gallons of fake blood spilled all <laughs> over the fake green forest.
0: <laughs> well, Bill, um, You proposed a new segment uh, called Settle the Score.
1: Hi, Craig here from the Bachelor Masters Podcast. Do you watch the Bachelor shows ironically, like we do? Do you think critically about the socio-political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, the Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects Uh to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast. Settle the score was a thing that I thought of because always watching movies, I've always loved music. I was played music when I was young. I still do a little bit today. Always pay attention to the background score. They're not always great, but a lot of them were memorable. And I used to, if the movie was good, I would go to the store and buy that record or buy that cassette and listen to it. And the Predator score really hit me. And this is a movie I've seen before. I've seen it's it several great. times. Yeah. But having to watch it and think I'm going to have to talk about it, so I intently <laughs> paid attention to what was going on, it really struck me that I'm thinking, this movie score is great, but it's weird in the sense of it feels like two different scores. There's When you watch the team go through the jungle, there's a team score. There's the music that plays when they're on the hunt and when they're doing whatever they're doing. Now, Rob, you've watched a lot of horror movies. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in horror movies, There's a score, but usually there's the killer's theme.
0: Yeah. The killer theme will
1: play exactly. My first thought was Jason. Now, this is a sound that plays that tells us the killer's near or something's about to happen, but it's a sound that only the audience really hears because Mm -hmm. the people in the movie can't hear it. It's not like non diegetic or whatever. Exactly. So it's a cue that we're used to, but this is an action movie filled with a bunch of hard guys. So their theme and their music, always heroic. It's not like their music is soft or weak. When they're on the move, you're thinking, all right, this is powerful. They're not victims. They're going mm-hmm. out to do a thing. The Predator, while there's music playing, doesn't have a score. It, its real presence is the sound that it makes, that we hear on screen of it thinking and moving and clicking. But we know from watching the movie that they can hear this. The Predator makes noise, and the noise they hear is the same noise that we hear. So I thought that was really an interesting way that that worked out, that the killer's score is not a score. It's just the sound of the killer, and when you hear it, that's what they hear on screen, and that's when it's time to throw down. Oh,
0: my God. I love it. And you know what? That's a three-point shot with that one, man.
1: That's a score. Oh,
0: Nice. That's a
1: half court pun that I'll yeah. give you credit for. So exactly. good for you. That's not what that's the one you hit that you can win the car and take home <laughs> at halftime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Bill, I'm having fun. You're having fun. But who's gonna have them some fun? Who's gonna have them some fun? Is it just who stood out to you? I know what stood out to me, and I know who's having the most fun.
1: I think it's whoever stands out to you, whoever stands out in a good way or a bad way. Either they're you look at them and go, that's crazy, or that guy's nut," or that girl's having too much fun doing whatever she's doing. It's just what character really makes the impact in this movie that you're going to look at. And for me, let's face it, there's an always an origin story. Mm-hmm. so. I'll just put it out there for predator. It is impossible for this segment, not to be the person who says the line it's it's Mac. This is a movie filled with characters. There are many I could pick if you just asked me to pick them, but Mac sets the tone. It's just gotta be how it's in there. He, he, for all the reasons we talked about for bill Duke, the actor earlier, Mm -hmm. he runs a gamut of emotion. And for me, he's a powerful presence. Uh, and we see that, I think on the team, he's the most human Oh yeah, of all of completely, them. Completely, completely. I mean, we find out that when, when Blaine is killed, that he and Blaine are basically best friends. And the loss of his best friend registers on him. As you go through the movie and they're just doing their commando bits, he's clearly a pro. His interactions mm-hmm. with Dylan, that's his hard side, but you kind of see why he does what he does it's all practical he doesn't do anything halfway and he's not,
0: intense and, yeah he's not actively trying to screw anyone
1: no but when he loses his best friend there is a slide he just can't grapple with it he the loss is too new he's thrown into this situation where he's fighting an alien if i were put into this situation my reaction would would probably be the closest to Bill Dukes because you've got a thing you can't comprehend the loss of your best friend and a thing you can't comprehend that an alien is trying to kill you. And he just goes for it. He goes hard Mm -hmm. and his final charge into the jungle is not an insane run into the jungle. He's clearly pissed Yeah. and he's ready to put an end to this one way or the other, but he's not an idiot. He doesn't do that thing in horror movies where somebody makes a stupid decision Thinking they're a badass and just gets taken out. He has a plan, and the plan doesn't go his way, but he he runs the whole gamut through this movie of being somebody that's like he's a real character, an absolute real character, uh, an action, that. an action guy in an action movie that looks like somebody you could probably meet outside of this scenario. So
0: totally. You touched on at least every reason why he was my first choice. My second choice was Jesse Ventura, or because of his chaotic nature, I guess, in this movie. But then I was, like, watching this interview with him in a behind the scene things where he's talking about how he's got a bigger bicep than Schwarzenegger. And I was like, wait a second, I've heard this story before. For me was when we hit
1: wardrobe, and I happened to view Arnold's wardrobe tape, and when my arms taped out one
0: inch bigger... Then Mr. Olympias, that made Jesse Ventura feel pretty good. Well, I'm very happy about that because then my joke worked. Because I told the wardrobe department they should tell him that. So I can bet him a bottle of champagne afterwards when he comes to the gym. And he just lured Ventura into this trap. And I loved it. It was so funny. And to me, it's not Dutch. It's not any other character. It's Schwarzenegger as a human being is having the most fun. I can completely get behind it
1: because he is being, he's just being him. And it's one of those things that carries through a lot of those movies. It's like, look, man, this is what's important to me. And I always be ready to get down. and measure the biceps. Like he's going to drop a bicep measure at the, at the drop of a hat in those oh, days. Yeah. So it's oh, great yeah. that you could be in the middle of a jungle in this big pressure cooker and is trying to do this movie and chasing the guy around in a red suit and pretending he's trying to kill you and go, well, while we're at it. I yeah. Bet, I bet i bet my arms are still bigger than yours. Like you just can't get away from that. It's awesome.
0: And like a bottle of champagne, you know, I have a feeling it was some very expensive champagne. Yeah, I'm sure it was like Dom Perignon. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Bill. Love this next segment. Playback time. It's It's indicated in the overall dossier for the uh, 2022 season that playback time is uh, what the scene that you will watch on A, B, repeat over and over again with your remote that is Um, correct i'll go first this time since you went first last time i think i'm just gonna have to say that although so much of this is watchable over and over and over again for different reasons i think i'm gonna have to go with the raid on the gorilla camp at the beginning because whoever's making this movie was just like let's just start this movie the way commando ended you know
1: that is a brilliant observation that is exactly true i never thought of it that way
0: <laughs>
1: what about you where what? what's yours in this one well mine actually isn't any of the movie proper ooh i've seen i said i've seen this movie a lot and i'm and i had of course as we've done this i kind of have these segments in mind as i'm watching through it so I'm going along and I've watched the entire movie and I'm thinking, wow, I I love all the parts of this movie, even good, bad and everything. Uh, Is there really a part that I just think about all the time? And then the credits rolled and I realized that my playback time is not really a positive playback time. It's kind of a negative playback time because I did a double take. It's. The look to credits at oh, the end so good. of all the actors. They all get their high school photo moment. But what drives me insane about watching this is each actor comes on screen and they kind of do their signature move, whatever that is. Ventura, yep. You know, he spits a little chew and and Carl Weathers Dylan catches the gun from off screen and in the, the hand that gets blown off and gives the wink. To, they all wink to camera and yep. there. She looks up. And I'm thinking, you're all dead. Yep. Your characters are all dead. So is this took me out of the movie after the movie was over. I couldn't believe it. And yeah. the only person in the reel who gets their look to camera who's not really, it's Schwarzenegger. It's a clip from the movie.
0: Yeah, and Spender. his isn't even a look at the camera.
1: It isn't. It's like, and he's the one that lives. They, Anna lives, but she looks yeah. to camera. And I'm like, what is yeah.
0: this decision? It destroys. My, who's going to have some fun was almost like the editor because of this ending. Like, how did you pull this off and when did you record it? And then
1: I thought, this ending... It destroys the power of the ending of the movie. As you know, Schwarzenegger, the atom bomb's gone off. He's in the helicopter. The music's low. He's covered in dirt. He's zooming on his eyes. It's clear that this whole movie has been this gut wrenching experience. The
0: Frank Stallone song's playing. It's the music is
1: playing. And a second later, this barbazon ad comes on and cycles through these glamour shot <laughs> poses of everybody, which is just like nothing but. just short of finger guns to camera and i'm like oh so that is my playback time moment i i just had to sit there and watch it over again and go i don't remember this am i seeing what i'm seeing and yeah i was i absolutely was oh
0: man i love it i really do now bill there's a little bit more to go but i do like that you've put a time to bleed section on here really important that we definitely point out our most highlighted uh, violent moment of this movie and I hemmed and I hawed and I hawed and I hemmed and I just think the one that made me go "oh" was Bill Duke's character of Max's death that one was intense when the Predators some sort of weapon maybe a laser maybe yes. a tiny rocket yeah, um, laser cannon. Yeah, goes directly through the center of Bill Duke's head, yeah. and we see it all. We see oh, everything. We do from below, even. Yeah, the Maybe angle it's, is like we're getting dumped on. It is
1: classic splatter vision. Yeah, in the in that one, it is rough. I was like, oh, I'm all gross and sticky. I watching this movie now in a higher definition. It's just, it is a visceral moment, and in a yeah. movie that's filled with visceral moments.
0: Got to get that corn syrup on something, man. And it's
1: unsettling
0: because yeah. he sees it coming. It legitimately, I, I'm not even joking when I said I went, oh, because I went, oh. I went, oh. Uh, what about you? What's your time to bleed? Well,
1: uh, the one that really stuck out to me, which also might be a little strange to think about in a movie full of high-end actor deaths and fake blood everywhere. uh, My time to bleed winner is The Scorpion. That Bill Duke stabs on the shoulder of Carl Weathers because that is a thing that would not be done today. That was a real scorpion.
0: Oh, yeah. You can't put that little caveat at the end of the credits in this one. Nope.
1: That they really killed. And as when he stabs that scorpion, and they only had the one that I'm aware of, so this had to be a one-take deal. So they had to place it on Carl Weathers. The scorpion has to sit there. And when he stabs the scorpion with his knife and pulls it away, you can see its guts. Yeah. On the knife. And I was just looking at it going, that scorpion is the best method actor I've <sighs> ever seen. The this scorpion gave its life for this movie. yeah, And not it, it voluntarily.
0: would you like to know?
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Give it up for the scorpion.
0: Give it up for the scorpion. Everyone get over here because it's time For our debriefing, Bill. We're going to debrief, which is just our final thoughts, and then we're going to give the late fees, which is our rating. And I know that you like to come up with a unique rating system for every movie, uh, much like our friend Adam Peranica. This movie
1: is a classic for everybody. It's one I've known since it came out, so... And it's a, something that we didn't have before, this movie. This is a movie that it's 20 minutes of your standard jungle warfare type movie and then mm-hmm. pivots into a what the fuck is this horror yep. sci-fi movie. Nobody done that with anything. Movies were one thing or another. So you kind of cruise along with a Schwarzenegger movie and all of a sudden this predator pops into the, into the mix. It's insane. So that coupled with a couple other thoughts I had. I was just like, uh, one main question from the beginning. I always forget about the beginning of the movie. It's a little bit generic because the, you see a starfield. We see the Predator sort of come to Earth. The ship mm-hmm. that they're in flies by. And you'll notice, Rob, that now that you live in California, yes, I think you'll notice this, that uh, apparently the Predator Travel Agency, <laughs> when you book your trip to Earth, they only believe in dropping you off using the California roll method. ah yes they don't land and let the predator out they shoot (laughs) him out in a tube yep have fun planet yeah you're just open the door and kick him out like a carjacking and
0: he's gone he's 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 out of there man and we don't even know like what exactly like now we have hindsight and know what's going on in predator universe but we, we just see this little pod thing it was odd and that's
1: a that's kind of a tropey opening. It's not, it wouldn't have set, it didn't make me happy to see it again because I've blocked it from my memory. It's just, uh, so there was that. And the other moment in the debriefing I made note of was like, I want to know what this group was doing before <laughs> they got to they got to Valverde because when they disembarked that helicopter, they look like Cheap Trick and Robert yeah. Palmer's bands got together and came off. Max, in, you know, he's in a suit <laughs> blaine's in his mtv t-shirt they're halfway between the two carl weathers is in a nice suit schwarzenegger is for some reason in a polo and came from golfing yeah he looks like he just came from brokering a deal with ollie north for guns for (laughs) uh, it's what kind of force are you and it made me think it's like man what do you who is this group of guys and what is going to happen with this so it, it just really popped out. And then my last thought was like, this movie, all the action takes place largely in daylight. That really stood out to me this time around. I hadn't noticed it as much before until now. It's like, that's kind of an interesting choice. You really get to see this movie. And I think it helps because it's a visually interesting group of people. You know, we don't get a full view of the Predator throughout the movie until the very end. But what we do see is pretty clear. So yeah. it really sets a tone that I, I really enjoyed watching it again.
0: Oh, I I agree with you a hundred percent on everything you just said. Uh my, you know, debriefing just I want to focus more on the idea that for so long I was convinced I would never like movies like Predator, Commando, First Blood, First Blood Part Two. You know, these movies that I have come to absolutely love as an adult because. I was just like i don't like war i don't like action guns movies i don't like this it's like well that's true and like no i'm not running to watch a jarhead movie or to see fucking saving private ryan again but being able to discover that no this isn't like just a war movie it is an alien invasion horror film that happens to involve people who have been trained by the military is a so much more fun adventure. And then when you actually watch it and you get the like almost switcheroo that you're talking about, that's like, Oh, this isn't just like a guerrilla warfare mission. This is like an alien life form. What the heck? Oh, the, the hunted become, or the hunters become the hunted, blah, blah, blah. Um, when you go in thinking it's one thing and it becomes something else it's such a even more fun ride you know it is so much better to be pleasantly surprised rather than also you know in that same time i'm glad i didn't but i very well could have gone into this going okay i know it's not for me and like be looking at my phone or like texting during it or like having it on the ipad while i'm actually like Answering work emails or something, you know. Like, I'm glad I actually sat down to watch this and and gave it justice because it's a freaking blast. I love it. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that
1: because, while not everything that's certain people, especially of your time, you were young. You tend to rose color glass nostalgia can be a, a bad mm-hmm. drug for things like that. And, growing, and watching movies at this time, movies were they were events like you you couldn't just watch it as much as you wanted whenever and they were on the screen you didn't always watch them at home usually went to a movie theater to see something like this and these movies were being made in a time which you don't have the internet and not that we were uneducated but you know kids are you're shown like you've got gi joe and stuff like that that war movies are fun and action adventure is fun and their cartoon death is kind of cartoon death and you look at it that way so it tends you when you get older and now we know as adults like there's nothing good about war and there's nothing good about fighting
0: there's nothing good about being toxic and shitty and no none of that stuff but that's not what like but that's not
1: what this movie is and like McTiernan said he set out to make a popcorn movie and when you do that and you get the vibe of it and you understand that these aren't real people Mm -hmm. and they aren't doing real things but you can at least understand the the things that are happening the camaraderie of the team you can see things that you admire or things that are interesting and you can allow yourself to live in that moment knowing that it's consequence free but at least it can give you something to think about like we all think the predator's awesome but none (laughs) of us would want him in our house yeah so exactly you kind of have to give yourself the ability to just look at it from the direction you're looking at it then when you sit down Um, to watch a movie you want to be entertained bill not all predators okay oh Excuse me, that's true. We'll we'll see in future episodes that uh, <laughs> the predator, depending on who's at the helm, can can take a bit of a shift. So yeah, yeah, not well, all not all predators. I'm sure some somebody's running that travel agency that took that
0: <laughs> that's stuff. true. Dumping them tubes now. Uh, I think debriefing goes perfectly into our late fees moment. Bill, tell me if I'm wrong here. We have to settle on a five thing rating i think that's only fair because then you get that middle one but
1: yeah i'm i'm a proponent of the five thing rule that's it's it worked for this long let's not mess with perfection i think it's pretty good and as far as this movie goes kind of a no-brainer for me i think this movie will have to rate it on how many skulls and spines is this movie the scene
0: that almost got cut
1: Yeah. So five being five spines is you've really, you've really done something. The spine and the skull is the trophy of the predator. One, not so great. So within everything that we've looked at, our viewpoints looking at this movie on this last watch through,
0: Rob, what do you think predator rates? I think that predator is a four skull, two vertebrae movie. A broken spine. Yeah. Like I can't quite get it to, Five, I think it's a little bit better than a 4 for the type of movie that it is and I think that since we have a rating system that allows for uh, multi-segments I'm going to go 4 skulls and uh, 2 vertebrae how about you man? I think
1: that's totally fair I'm going to give it 4 skulls and down to the lumbar wow. vertebrae of wow. the 4th skull and spine where I'm going to dock it as it's just to be fair, not all the movie lands. Yeah. And it's just a fact. There's very few perfect things in this world. And while this one sets the bar mm-hmm. for what this franchise needs to have in it, some of the jokes, not so great. Yeah. Some of the depictions, not so great, but it's a minimal on uh, where the movie gets let down is oddly, mostly the dialogue.
0: Well, and also, uh, the shitty people say the shitty things. Exactly. You know, the good guys don't really say the shitty things, even though they're all on like a quote, good guy team.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are some eighties ball busting in this movie. It's a team of dudes, but it still goes a little bit to the bad side. It's Shane Black's Hawkins jokes are not that great.
0: (laughs) Jesse Ventura (laughs) eating like half a bag of chaw. Wow. (laughs) No, thank you
1: yeah while hawking it out and uttering some words that are absolutely not cool
0: now, Bill, I think we are we are solid in our foundation of our ratings. another fantastic episode. The weird thing, which I'm sure we mentioned multiple times, much like in Robo War, is the out of orderness and how that was the first recording we ever did together for an episode.
1: It is. It's kind of strange, but it's also that moment where I first learned when you're watching a lot of TV that they film everything out of order, and it, but you watch it in order, so it looks perfect, and that's I'm sure that's exactly what we've done here.
0: Yeah, everything we've done has always been perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what's sheer perfection? You know, since we record these intros and outros uh, at a later date, I just, I mean... So many people are joining the Discord, man, on day one. I just hope people are chatting up a storm and having fun, submitting their questions to the Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure uh, chat room. We all love a a good chat room. We do. One moment. I have my morning coffee. I had to clear my throat. Mm. Do I sound much better now? You sound very taster's choice. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm not going to flip the table over when I find
1: out it's uh, crystals. No, but now that I've stayed here, I do know you are the best part of waking up, Rob.
0: (laughs) Not Elvis? Aw, he's just awesome all the way around. Yeah. All right, well, let's hit up that uh, Going Dutch segment that you have made up where we read a question that I have definitely not made up because people are submitting them, whether it's on our social media or the Discord, like I just talked about. Or our email, Robs at gmail.com. All right, here we go. This one comes from Derek in Missouri. Wow, Derek, that I, I grew up in Missouri. All right, it says, At the end of Predator, we have one of the most classic credit sequences ever. It seems... Like, it's hokey now. And it was kind of hokey then. Oh, I like that they put that in there. Um, But if you were to have your own ending credit sequence on Predator, what would you be doing when your name scrolled across the bottom? Wow, Bill, how, you want to go first on this one? Wow.
1: Derek, you, you're hitting it out of the park. That took me by surprise. Yeah, uh, that ending sequence just... You've heard my thoughts on it. It's very jarring. But I don't know. Maybe you could reverse it, and maybe we could be standing there at the end of the scene, and then you're just sucked out of frame by, by the Predator and into the woods. You're just gone. Like, everybody's gone at the end. So, I I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of the look to camera, of course. So, yeah. I think... And then there's just the standard best clip of your m- moment, whatever you've done in the film, kind of part. So I don't know. I think for I think for me, I want the audition tape. That's what I want. I want Ooh. it to be the a piece from the audition tape that gets you the part.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Just
1: in a just in a pale room with an old piece of furniture and some script pages, and you're just like, wait, I could I do it again. I could do it better. Oh man.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I think I'm gonna stay a little bit more in line and pretend like. I am in a Predator movie, and this is my Predator closing credits. What I would do is, you know, I'd be in my fatigues. Everyone, you know, I would have been one of the characters, but I would have raised up my arm and shown a device on it, winked to the camera hit a button and then start to cloak. <laughs> and then I like freezes as I'm like winking and cloaking. And uh, I think that would be the way to go. That's how you go out. I yeah. love it. And I'd have some nickname that no one's ever called me in the media. You know, it would be like, <laughs> that could be the real challenge. Yeah. yeah. You know how like, like Robert De Niro goes as Bobby Mm-mm. to his friends. It's like, what? Uh, yeah. Funny story. My cousins growing up, used, I don't know how funny this is actually, but they used to call I'll be me. the judge of that. He, they used to call me, my middle name is Kent, and uh, they used to call me Bobby K, and then um, Ooh. I went to a private school for a while where I had to wear a uniform <coughs> until second grade, And they always made fun of me and say, where's your briefcase, Bobby K? Wow.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I just found out what I'm getting you for Christmas.
0: Oh, no. No, 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 no. Well, everyone, I would like to say thank you for listening to another fantastic episode. The biggest thing you can do is send this podcast to a friend. Send it to your cousin who used to call you whatever nickname they called you. And do it in the family group chat so that, like, you can get a weird response from Aunt Hilda, and then you can share that screenshot in our Discord, and we can all discuss if Aunt Hilda will be listening to the Predator episode. <laughs> um, Bill, I mentioned it before. People are joining that Discord, aren't they?
1: The Discord is awesome. It is wonderful to see everybody in there talking, because that's what Rob and I are doing. We're just in here having fun. So we want you to have fun and share it with us, because that's why we're doing this in the first place.
0: Absolutely. Um we have a Gumroad account, which is a link in the bio, where you can give a one-time financial uh, contribution, a tip, if you will, to the podcast. You're like, hey, you're doing a good job. Let me let me give you this yeah. here.
1: In a world of relentless subscriptions and presentations and questions, isn't it nice to just be able to know you that we're a one-and-done kind of franchise when it comes to that, if
0: you want to be? And here's the other good part about Gumroad bill i'm putting up the video episodes there so like you can give a dollar and get the show art as a you know hey i'm getting something for this i'm hitting the slot machine good lord you didn't tell me that i'd have worn clothes when we recorded well that's the thing people are getting their money's worth i guess like that's that. on me i didn't ask all the questions needed for the disclaimer it's really tough you think someone just knows what's happening but uh seriously if you don't ask the questions you don't get the answers that's true You can uh, leave us a voicemail either with the message button on the anchor site or call that freaking adventure line, 213-545-6176. All of this is in the show notes as we talk about. Leave us that voicemail. Ask us a question. It may be featured on an upcoming episode.
1: And just so everyone knows, that phone is actually hidden in a tree trunk in a mossy out clearing full of mud and spikes and traps that Rob has to crawl through to answer personally, which he will do.
0: And I love doing it because I love being a dirty little boy. You do. Final thing, Bill, here are some thank yous. You want to run through that gamut? We got to thank Jothan for all
1: the great work he's done. and Patrick, we've got to thank Draxium and Dr. Z for our killer music. We've got to thank all of you. Like we always say, we have friends, we don't have fans. So everybody out there for supporting us, listening, downloading, recommending. You're all great. You're all wonderful, and when the time comes to ask us those questions, please put them in a briefcase labeled Bobby Kent (laughs) and mail it to Robs directly because he's going to need that.
0: Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, One extra word about Patrick. He's now, at this point in time in the episodes, he's now really sinking his teeth into helping us edit them, and Patrick has his own podcast. It's sports-related, but uh, I want to give it a shout-out, and he will give you the link if you join the Discord. It's very fun. Patrick is uh, really helping us here because uh, Bill and I, we could do it on our own, but I think uh, by the time this episode comes out, Bill's about two weeks away from his wedding, so I can Mm -hmm. tell you his brain is in a different spot. So thank you there for all that help, and thanks everyone who's really shown some love for this podcast. We'll see you next time on Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure.